2: Hi, my name is Justin. This is Nick. Say hi, Nick. Hey. And this is Jay. Hi. We are Cryptids of the Corn. This podcast will focus on cryptids of the Midwest region, specifically Bigfoot, but not limited to Bigfoot. We are actively researching some areas here in the Midwest. We will talk about our active research, but we'll also talk about some popular theories, famous sightings, and if we have a guest we'd like to interview about their specific sighting, we'll do that too. So, Jay, why don't you tell us about yourself?
3: Uh, my name is Jay. Um, I don't normally do this sort of thing, but I've been interested in it and always have, and I'm uh, interested in uh, getting out in the field and experiencing these sorts of things firsthand.
2: Okay, Nick?
1: Hi, my name's Nick. Um, I've lived in the woods my whole life, so I've always
2: been interested in this sort of thing. That's fine. <laughs> and my name's Justin. I've uh, I seen a Bigfoot when we were growing up. Um, so I've been interested since then. Uh, I was a fishery biologist for a little bit, so i had done some of that work. I went on some endangered species surveys and that kind of stuff. Um, so when we go out, we're taking a very scientific approach to it, but also we're having a lot of fun. Um, and we'll talk about that here in a bit. Uh, I've known Nick since I think kindergarten my mom has that picture of us um known Jay for a while but we just started hanging out over the last couple months yeah um yeah I don't think either of them are serial killers (laughs) Nick laughed a little quick on that one alright so last night we had our first we're calling it the expedition uh our first time out, we were in Hocking Forest specifically. Uh, we went all over. We did Cantwell Cliffs area mostly. And we went all the way down to Moonville, which is like an hour away. Um, our big problem last night, we'll get into later. But uh, we did have a couple issues with... People. it was mostly people. Um, how we set it up. Basically, uh, we just kind of spread out the woods during the day we spread out through the woods in this kind of common area looking for stuff last night we found some uh yesterday afternoon we found some tree breaks which are most commonly caused by wind but if you're watching the Bigfoot shows every tree break in the woods ever is a Bigfoot um yeah I don't <laughs> think so uh Nick have you seen a lot of tree breaks in the woods oh yeah Never twisted though. Never twisted. That's what they were looking for. You get this kind of twisted motion, of like breaking pasta. That's like, not. That doesn't That doesn't happen very often. Uh, what about you, Jay? You ever seen tree breaks? Not before. Uh,
3: not. You know, I never been out in the woods actually looking for them before. So, no. But we saw some yesterday. But they're clearly not anything uh, out of the ordinary than okay. just a tree that's been overbroken
2: you know, we were a different Bigfoot group it'd be like that'd been the highlight of the episode
3: <laughs> yeah huh? turn out this
2: twig mm-hmm. um so how it went it went pretty good uh we had a lot of fun we found some like we said we found some tree breaks went through what about a mile and a half woods yeah. uh big canyons catwell cliffs is a really cool area uh nick had to slide down a cliff to get back home yeah it was some rough terrain there yeah um, didn't see a bear or nothing like that. No bobcats last night. Uh, I think it, the only wildlife we've seen was a possum on the way home, a deer, and a lot of cats. And a dead snake. Oh, we, a couple dead snakes. Yeah, we walked we had to walk back on the road, Found a couple dead snakes. A decay brown snake and a ringneck snake. Both very common in Hocking Hills. I <clears throat> like reptiles. <laughs> I like everything but mammals, pretty much. But what? But mammals. Oh, mammals, okay. Just never anything I studied. Reptiles, amphibians, fish, birds. Mammals are kind of the stucky group. Well, yeah, because they stink. Yeah, they stink. Especially rodents. All right. Nick, we are uh, at your property here. Do you want to give out the address to everybody that's listening? <laughs> Hawking Hills. <laughs> uh, specifically, we're really close to Rockbridge. It's a really cool area, uh people don't get how much actual forest is down here oh uh, yeah it's 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 crazy like uh driving through the highway, you can see the hills with the trees and stuff, but you get out like when we went to moonville, uh what did we drive like eight ten miles, and there was one house mm-hmm. and that was it mm-hmm. uh and people don't get how you can just. Walk off. I mean, if you wouldn't want to be found out there, you wouldn't be found. If you know how to survive off the land and stuff like that, you're not, I mean, you're not going to be found. When we lived in Nelsonville for college, there's a whole homeless village out in Wayne National for part of the year. Never get seen. Uh, they're really nice people. Uh, you can run into them, you know, when you're going out there, but they don't want you to be found. They don't, they're not found. Then they go down to Tennessee for the winter. They just walk back and forth every year. Wow, um, they're nice people. Skunk was a guy; He is responsible for a couple Bigfoot sightings on Har- or on Hawking College property because he'd come down and fish. Is he on the uh, BFRO? He, I I don't know, but people would call in and say uh, to like the Hawking PD oh, they seen Bigfoot. He's they, just a big hairy guy. They thought it was him. Yeah, he he, he they yeah, when they'd see skunk. And he'd trade, he'd, uh, he'd trade a lot of like stuff for like little fishing gear and stuff from college students. Huh. He'd always come down with like big bags of pawpaws and mushrooms mm. and stuff like that. That's how a lot of those guys make their money is they'd sell mushrooms to the mushroom buyers that come through town. Forge and, to and, land yeah, and things. Yeah, nice guys. Mm. Um, so did we find anything last night? A lot of deer sorry. A lot of deer. That was kind of cool. And we'll have a video posted on YouTube uh, here shortly. Uh, A lot of deer scrapes. rut just started at some, I think, uh, last week, roughly. I'm not sure about down here. uh, Because, like I said, we're recording this in a hockey. Uh, So, up home in Ada, I think they started last week. So, they probably started... They might have just started this week. uh, Down here. But, yeah, a lot of scrapes. A lot of rut pits. Just everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot. Um... Found a possum, no, so we did i d some really cool areas for a few future expeditions. Our biggest problem this weekend, and it was crazy, was that every place was jam packed with hundreds of people. Every place we went out It's crazy. We drove out on a stone road as far just to the outreaches, as far as I know, you know without going deep into wayne national uh, and there's just people all night, coming and going all night. And it's just like, there's nowhere to go. And so we kind of called it an early night just because there was no sign of people stopping, coming and yeah. stuff. If there was any going to be any SAS watch activity, it wasn't going to be anywhere where we were. Nope. It was just the number of people. Um, we do have a thermal imaging camera. We took some pictures of Nick and Jay that they don't know about sleeping. Oh. Not really. But when we were going through the Moonville Tunnel they had, <laughs> there are some cool pictures because of how cold the tunnel is compared to you know our bodies. The Moonville Tunnel is pretty sweet. Yeah we'll talk about that more. That was, that was a fun thing we did. Yeah. I mean we were there. It's a cool thing to see. hmm Um but I'm trying to think what else uh we found some cool areas for the future. So when we kind of look at these areas to go, we look at the BR, the BFRO website, which is just basically the big website that collects all the Bigfoot settings that anybody wants to report. It's a good start because they, they'll put it on a map, and you can see hot spots and stuff like that. Uh, so there's a couple of real big hot spots in this area. Where we were in Conco's Hollow out of sighting... Um, I just forgot the date. I wish I had it in front of me. But, uh... I think this... This summer at some point. I don't remember now. But it was recent. It was recent enough. And you could see when we drove past Concord, it just... Full just, of people. It, it, but it's full of people, but it's just forest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're 30 foot off that trail, nobody's gonna see you. I mean, a lot of places we were. If you're 30 foot off that trail, nobody's gonna see you. hmm And it's all it's hilly terrain here and stuff like that. So if you're on top of the ridge you know, you're completely you know, invisible. Um, did we talk to anybody? We had a waitress come up to us at dinner and tell us her story. Uh, and that's she. I don't remember her telling us the age she's seen it, but it sounded kind of recent, like she wasn't a kid. Mm-hmm. But she and her friends see just this huge, monstrous head, and she just said it was black and furry and I, I she described it to us. Uh, I we give her a card with an email so she could further type out her story because that helps sometimes. Yeah, when you can sit down and really write out what you're trying to say. But uh, but she looked legitimately scared. Yeah, she didn't. She's, she's telling the story. Yeah, she seems excited to find somebody that she's might, shared with. Yeah, that that might actually you know not make fun of her. Yeah, that, that that's happened a couple times. Uh, so we've had a couple people come up to us. We have two different sets of Bigfoot tracks that have come up to us. Uh one from Salt Fork and one from Minerva M- I can't say Minerva. Minerva Ohio. And both of those were kind of like, you know, looking uh the one lady from Minerva came up to me and she's like, "Do you believe in all that stuff?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And I thought she was going to, like, start making fun of me or something. And she's like, I got something to show you." So she was just feeling me out to see what I thought about it first before she talked about it. Yeah. Um, and the other one was on Ohio Deer Picks. And he was getting made fun of. And I just told him to come over to the group, on, uh, you know. And he did. And he's a really nice guy. He cast his tracks. I walked him through to do it. And that was up about ten minutes north of Salt Work where he was from. Uh, that area is just that's the one of the that's the biggest hotspot in Ohio. That's where the Ohio Bigfoot Conference is held. And when you go up there, you realize why well, it's just forest. It's just forest, and it's not fun for us to like walk through. Hawking has a lot of cliffs, but Salt Fork has a lot of big rolling like hills. It has cliffs too, but it just got areas that are just if you walk down there, you're gonna spend all day walking back out. Yeah, it's just not fun for a person. You know, it's not. Did his casts ever come out? He got one, because uh, he had two break and it was very upsetting. Mm-hmm. for uh, But he did get the third one, and he found a tracker three, and he took a video and I could put that on the. Fa- I'll ask permission to put that on the YouTube video. Uh, but you can see that he walked with him and did like a. He had to like jump to go from track to track, which is kind of cool. And he had tape measure in one of his pictures, so you'd actually see it was. I think the track was sixty inches long. But it was only six inches wide, so it was very narrow, in which uh, juvenile Sasquatch tracks are very rare, so we don't really know. If they're, maybe they walk a little differently on their feet. It could have just been a partial print, too. Yeah. It happens a lot. You know, ground's hard. Even though they're heavy animals, they do have a large foot pad, and that spreads out weight a lot. That's why, you know, deer have a very small foot surface. That's why they almost leave tracks and Everywhere. Anything. Yeah. You know, you're talking about elephants and stuff like that. You have a very heavy animal, but a very large foot. Mm-hmm. So they spread it out, you know, over a big distance. Oh. Okay. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, that's most of our people have come up to us and told us stuff. Um, Moonville, though. What you guys, so Moonville was a town. I should have printed it up the little story but Moonville was a town that has that uh, has all kinds of ghost stories the town completely disappeared one year Uh, I think it was around 170-ish people Uh, nobody knows really what happened food and stuff was left there Um, but we went to the Moonville Tunnel just to try to get away from people because there's a big forest around Moonville with nobody Uh, what did you guys think about it Jay? oh it was
3: eerie I don't know. It was neat though, like it it was neat um to just be there and see it, but it was disappointing that there was also a lot of people there too. A
2: lot of people. A lot of people. Constantly all night. Yeah. Horses too. And horses, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really cut up one of these. You walk up beside him. That guy's butt's facing me. I've worked with horses a long time. You know what you don't do? Walk right by their butt. <laughs> So you kicked really freaking hard. What did you think about it, Nick? It was your first time and you lived down here. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, definitely a different vibe
1: because of the, the age of it. Thinking about what could have
2: happened there, but who really knows? Yeah, that's the thing. Nobody knows. Uh, I think the weirdest thing is the, one of the more likely things is that some kind of disease came through. Now, one of the things with that was there was no mass grave. Because normally when a disease comes through one of those villages... Uh, normally, like, the first half of the bodies are buried. Because the people are fit try to get rid of the bodies, at least. As far as I know, they've never found anything. Besides, they had a small cemetery, but nothing... Not, like, the whole town was in it, you know? Could have been, like, a
3: giant Wendigo-type creature. Chased them into a interdimensional portal. There you go.
2: They all disappeared. And uh, some people... It was, like, in the early... Like... 1900s, like, so it wasn't like, so some people blame, like, Indian incursions and stuff like that, Native American incursions. And it just wasn't happen- in Ohio yeah. at that time. Maybe early 1800s. Yeah, like, 100 years before that, sure. Yeah. But, uh, some people say, they, I don't know, I don't get that part. I'll believe Jay's Wendigo thing before I believe it. <laughs> The poor Native Americans came all the way back here to fight the Moonville tunnel people yeah <laughs> out of, like just had it nowhere and next episode I'll look up the actual story and I'll, have, and I'll read it off you know just so we get it nailed down I don't remember the story anymore it's been forever but every year for Halloween weekend they do put lights on the whole trail and they do do a I think it's a paid ghost walk and dinner at midnight uh, it's for some charity and I can't mm. remember now so it's not like somebody's making a lot of money because it's on state ground right yeah uh but i think it's it's a big charity event it's cool uh i went the first time it was october 30th so the day before halloween and we went and we didn't know about that event and we get down there and everything's lit up we're like oh this is really we thought they just had it lit up every night for people walk and i'm like this is nice yeah you know it's not very creepy and then uh, some guy came out of the woods, and he's like, what are you guys doing here? I'm like, we thought we were just at the Moonville Tunnel. Was it not open? He's like, oh, it's open. We have it set up for this event tomorrow, so just don't mess with any of the lights or anything like that. I'm like, oh, okay. He was super nice after that, but, you know, a bunch of kids. You? Yeah. Uh, you know, coming down, you know. He, I'm sure they've been setting up those lights all week because it was very expansive. And, you know, he's definitely there to guard all night to make sure nobody's... Come to screw with their work right yeah I think it's like over a hundred bucks per person oh wow it might be it might be two hundred yeah to do so it's not like a cheap event right but a lot of the people from Columbus come down we complain about it all the time when I lived in Nelsonville we complained about it the least the city slickers the leafers that was the the worst thing because they would pull over the stupidest spots on the road on campus (laughs) just like they owned everything to take pictures of leaves and I get they're pretty I get it's cool but you can't... We live... Like, we gotta do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't have the money to take off a day on, on Wednesday so you can park in the middle of the friggin' street and look at leaves. Leafers. It's a big... It, it's a big thing. And that, uh, yeah, they always come down. It was crazy. Every little... So, Cockles Hollow we picked because it is normally not very popular. It is kind of a rough trail... Uh, so it's it's too, not rough enough to be, like, a really hard trail. But it's not easy enough to be, like, an easy-going family trail. So most people avoid that little state park. It's it's been sold a couple times. Hmm. And we get there, and there's, like, 150 cars. Yeah, the parking lot was full. Hocking, or Old Man's Cave, probably at 200, 300 cars there. Uh, every Every park... Uncle's Hall or not Conkles, uh, Catwell Cliffs had a full parking lot. They were parking out to the road. I've never seen that. I've been here all summer and stuff like that. Never seen that. And I, I think part of it is because, like Nick said a couple times, it was Saturday. And part of it is it might be the last, the last hurrah weekend for all these right, yeah. you know, fair weather hikers before it gets too cold. It's nice in the winter time when no one's here. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, when we go, out, yeah, there's no, there's not, a, there's, there's 10 people out in the parks, mm-hmm. all, you know, and they're mostly locals that go walk their dogs or something like that. Yeah. What else happened? Anything else happened last night? Played around with the, th- we have a thermal imaging camera. Oh, we even found the, uh, the guy up in the tree stand. Oh, okay. oh yeah, I felt bad for that guy. We were yeah. walking through during the day, and he was super nice. It's oh, public yeah. land, so we have every right, and he has every right and uh, we kind of walked right under him and he's waving at us and he's like no you guys can keep coming through he's super nice uh, but just I've yes. had bad experiences in Wade National with hunters because some of them just get so mad and I get it that it's frustrating but then like he said you know it's public land there's no and he, he realized he set up on a trail after because he's like your guys are like the fifth people <laughs> to walk by yeah
3: that was and a bad spot yeah
2: he's like I came by parked on the backside and walked up and then I got up here and realized this is the end of a trail mm-hmm. uh, but he's seen a deer right before we got there so he talked about that um, but I wasn't out of breath because I'm a little out of shape I'd have asked him if he'd ever seen Bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> but we were also trying to get out of his way so he keep hunting because he didn't come out he didn't come out for a couple hours after we left his car was still there when we left so he may, have, he may have waited for something to come back and they'll come back if the deer watch you move through, they don't know he's there. They just seen us. Right, yeah. So after we move out, you know, fell down that cliff. <laughs> yeah. Now the first spot we tried, so when we we started at the top of uh, Catwell Cliffs we walked all the way down. Um, and that was cool. It was, it was pretty fun. It's really neat to see that area. And oh, yeah. It was Big expanses, awesome. old logging roads. But when we get to the end, oh, excuse me. When we get to the end, It's like the first piece of the cliff we see is what? Like a 70 foot drop? Pretty much straight. Yeah. I'm looking at a 90 foot tall tree at the top. It's like 20 foot away from me. (laughs) So it drops quick. Uh, And then we kind of wiggled around. And we found a decent spot to get down. It had a big old cave in it. Uh, Jay found his own little cubby hole. Oh yeah. That picture will be on YouTube. I could live there. Yeah, just a little hockey has all those little nice cubby hole uh, we didn't find a bear thank goodness that's what I was worried about when they start getting into those kind of tuckbacks mm-hmm. that's where bears like to hang out hmm uh, well good thing yeah yeah you you don't think I could move quick but you want to see how fast I'll scramble back up that cliff <laughs> yeah. you come around and there's a bear these are just black bears here yeah. there's like six of them mm-hmm. when we were in the dorms We had, like, a 60-pound black bear get into the dumpster. And some lady thought it was a dog and walked up and started yelling at it until she realized it was a bear. (laughs) And nobody believed her until they put up cameras and they seen it. Yeah, he was coming every night. He was coming every night to get the dumpster, right? You remember the dumpster was, like, in the middle of the parking lot Mm -hmm. under a light. Yeah. Bears were going in there? Oh, a bear. A bear. Yeah, just some some probably, like, two-year-old. Yeah. uh, Hockey doesn't have many. They had one at Baroque State Park. Oh, that was another one we could have went to. Baroque, i we'll have to remember that. to the list. Uh-huh. But uh, Baroque State Park has a, had a mom, this is years ago now, four years ago, five years ago. It's been a while. Uh, had a mom teaching her cubs how to break into cars. And they were talking about putting her down because uh, she was on, Ohio has like kind of like three strikes for bears, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And they were really worried because he was literally teaching her cubs how to do that. So now, not only are you are going to have one bear breaking into cars. And she was, one weekend, she broke into like three cars. Man. Breaking the window in. Yeah. Getting in. Uh, I don't know if they ever put her down or whatever. They didn't, I mean, they did. Obviously, they didn't make that public. Like, they're not going to talk about, yeah, we had to go shoot one of the five bears in Hawking. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> yeah, she's, she, she has orphans now. Yeah, they. I. I think, but they only do that like three times. Mm. And then if you a bear or whatever, two of three, keeps doing problems, you yeah. know, they're just going to get rid of that bear. Right, yeah. And just, you know. Because there's one thing coming in and getting in a trash can. It's another to when you're a literally car. breaking a glass window and climbing inside of a car. And then you do it through a house, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about that. If somebody, if you broke into the window on the other side of your car and you didn't see it. You fling open your door in this glass or you're like, oh, what happened? Somebody broke into my car. And then you're from the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> there's a mom and two cubs. Now you're getting your face mulled.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you were hoping at that point it's just a burglar. <laughs> not some frickin' black bear. They don't get big in Ohio like they do in Tennessee. I've seen a lot of black bear in Tennessee that are just look like small cows. Yeah. I wouldn't want to run into any of that. Yeah. Likers aren't that scary lungs, they don't have cubs. There's wild pig everywhere down here, but have you ever seen one?
3: No.
2: I've seen tracks at on campus, never I've never seen one. Jay, I, I know you've never seen one. I didn't know there were any down here. This is Jay's first time outside. Yep. <laughs> so we'll talk about some of our other expeditions and what we have planned for the upcoming we'll go like six months, you know. I don't plan I don't want to plan super far out. But I think in December we're gonna go down to Salt Fork and we may do that uh a cup co- you know, a couple times before the spring. Uh then January, February ice fishing season. So good luck everybody. <laughs> but uh when we go start going up so we have a cabin in Michigan, my family does. Um and it's kinda of close to the Manistee National Forest. Which, if you've never seen Manistee National Forest, that's that's a real forest. Yeah. Wayne National is a big a big woods. When you look at Manistee National Forest, mm-hmm. it's it's unreal and it's all pine. Most of it's pine, so it stays green year round. You never can see into it. Hmm. Um, I seen I seen one bear once there, and there's bear there everywhere. It's not like here where there's like. I make jokes, but there's I think there's only ten bear in Hocking County. It's something like that. It's not, it's not a lot. It's a handful of animals because mm-hmm. uh, they just started coming back over the last you know, what decade, something like that. You know they're not they're they're just coming back. Uh, there's bear everywhere in there and nobody sees them. And you're talking about you know a two hundred three hundred pound animal black. They're not they're and bear don't hide very well most of the time they're not making themselves hidden right uh, and people don't see them and there's a lot of them and, uh, and we go up north enough there's elk and uh, right in the edge of Wayne National up at Burt Lake uh, and we've never seen them and there's about 2,000 elk signs oh wow uh, but those are a little different you can actually go to a, the an elk tracking station mm-hmm. and they'll tell you where the herds are Oh, cool. They have members that have collars. Yeah. And so they keep tabs on them. They really make sure they're not hanging out by the highway and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Because uh, that's kind of a new, newer project. Uh, they they, they got a pretty big elk herd population, but they want to make sure they're not, you know, eating in the median on the highway. Right, yeah. That's, I think, the biggest thing I'm worried about is elk, will, you know, you hit a deer and it tells your car and you could die. You hit a 900-pound elk, you are dead. Uh car it is totaled. Yeah, and the elk gets out and takes off. That's like hitting a moose. You know, you hit a moose, you might as well hit a brick wall, you probably have a better chance. Yeah,
3: uh-huh.
2: uh, so while we're up there ice fishing, we we're, we're we have flyers and stuff we do for our research, so we kind of spread them out this you know this trip all around just to get people's stories and to try to get, I guess the goal is to get fresher intel. Because the VFRO website is really helpful, but you have to go on, and you have to publish your story. And how many people do that? You know, when we're talking, you know, there's a lot of a lot of signs there. It's probably I'm gonna say one in twenty people think they see something like that to actually look up online and post their story. You know, most people just write it off. Right. Yeah. So if we go out looking and say, hey, this is you know our private email. You know, we're, just, we're not here to make fun of you or nothing like that. You know, you don't have to say your name. You don't have to give us any information. But if you tell us what you've seen and where it was, you know, we would like to go out and research. And we have a lot of it set up as basically endangered species surveys. I've done a lot of that with my old job. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of the Bigfoot stuff, you just got to really take out it. Like, people, people do a lot of the stuff that they say, like rock stacks you know you got when we do endangered species surveys especially for mammal. you know mammals like say you're looking for some kind of vole there's other species of vole in the area so not every little vole turd you find is a vole like the, <laughs> the vole species the you're looking you for yeah so it's just sorting out you know just because it is something that could be caused by a Sasquatch doesn't mean it is right especially here in like hawking and stuff like that there's people like we found this we get everywhere kids stack rocks Mm-hmm. Now, if there's a 300-pound rock in that stack, that's a little more, you know, that's a little more pressing towards evidence. If it's something a couple men would have trouble doing and you're out, way out, you know, that's a little different. Uh, the tree breaks we already talked about, you know, tree snaps happen all the time. Uh, every windstorm, some tree is going to just snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tree twist that doesn't happen in nature very often um, unless it's probably like a specific tornado sitting right on top of that tree but that's like um when you grab pasta and you twist or you know it's a very unique looking motion you can see it in the fibers on the tree mm-hmm. uh what else were we talking about Um uh, tree stacks you know nest all kinds of animals make nests so it's not like You know, you can't just point at every hole in the grass and say that's a Sasquatch. Right. That's what I think we're really trying to step away from is just every little thing you find is not Sasquatch. If they were that common, we'd have one in the zoo or one would be down on a wall somewhere. You know, there's every, when you walk 10 feet in the woods and there's tree breaks, you know, it happens. It just happens. There's kids out there. Mm -hmm. You know, how many trees do we break as kids? Never, never twisted one. We weren't He-Man, and people get, the, it's easy to snap a tree like that. It's extremely hard to twist one. But when you twist one, you get it right at your exact level and it's a lot cleaner. When you snap one, you know, it can be up here, it can be down here, you know. Um, so that's, uh, so that's Michigan. Uh, so we have an expedition planned in April. Nick probably won't be going. Nick's expecting his first child. Uh, really close to then. so Nick will be excited to do that, and we'll go find Bigfoot without him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so during ice fishing, we'll go up and we'll plant flyers and just kind of you know put lines out. It'll give us a couple months to, right? You know, feel out the area and stuff like that. I already have people in Salt Fork, and I have people down here in Hawking. They're already keeping their eyes out and ears out for me. Um, And then the the other one is, we have a lot of stuff planned in Salt Fork, but we already talked about that. But yeah, Salt Fork is the Bigfoot capital of Ohio. It's crazy. There's a lot of sightings in Salt Fork. Hawking has a lot of sightings. Um, And we just looked last night on some of the hot spots of Ohio, and it's so weird. Hardin County, Allen County line was one of the hot spots on that map. Yeah. Wasn't that weird? It's kind of weird. Out of nowhere. And that's where I had my stuff. and That's the woods we shared and all that. You know, it's just... It's just is a very odd thing to think about. That, why? And we'll have a whole episode on Bigfoot migration theories. But any mammal that size would have to migrate without being found. Not that the area couldn't support them long term. But the longer you stay the more evident your signs become. You know, your path starts getting blurred out. You know, your smells, you know, your hair, you're starting to leave a lot of sign for one area. Signs and evidence yeah. behind. Yeah. And then elk, I mean, just look at elk. Elk are constantly moving. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a 900-pound to, you know, 1,200-pound animal. They don't, they have a humongous home range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have to look. I don't know it off the top of my head, but at least a couple hundred square miles, if not a couple thousand. They just always... Luke my brother went out to Colorado, and during the top, you know, during parts of the day, they'd be at the top of the mountain, and then they'd be at the bottom the mountain, but that's not like... Here on this east coast, we don't get what a real mountain looks like, you know? Right. We have yeah. we have our mountains over here, but they're not... Compared to the Rockies... Right. It's a whole different story. Yeah, the Rockies are giants. Mm-hmm. And elk walk up and down them every day. And when we were in Tennessee, we seen elk really close, and we had a cow go right up a cliff and just run right up. And we're like, "It's it's incredible how big and agile they are." And you're like, "I'd spent me twenty minutes walking up that thing, yeah," and she just a moron and climbs up. That's kind of future expedition plans. For now, so we have kind of three major research areas: hawking, Salt Fork, and. Um, in Manistee National Forest. Manistee's, it's just... We will be picking specific areas yeah. of the Manistee National Forest because there's uh, there's some snowmobile trails in it that are, you know, 80, 90 miles. That's hmm. a snowmobile trail they have in it. Leek, uh, not Luke, uh, Levi, my other brother, has done some of those. Uh, in this. They're real rural. And they see elk on them. Uh, Levi thinks he's seen... I can't remember... Uh, that might have been the U.P., but the person you you seen a moose on one of them. That'd be intense. I, I'm, I'm terrified of moose. Yeah, they're pretty big. Uh, they, they're just murder machines. I'm more scared... You gotta be more scared of mammals than carnivores. Mammals don't think... Or not mammals, herbivores, sorry. Herbivores don't think when they kill. They just... They get spooked, and they murder you. Uh, carnivores really think it out... A lot of times they back off, you know, as long as you don't give really strong prey vibes. Like, lions are a lot safer than water buffaloes if you're in Africa. Because a water buffalo sees you, it's going to kill you. There's no, there's no, you know, chances, there's no thought, no lion. If the lion just ate, you know, if the lion's full, if the lion's by itself, you know, there's a lot of factors that the lion's going to take into consideration of how you're acting. If you look at the lion and you gently just keep on walking, like you don't care. That lion's got to take that into consideration that that thing's not scared of me. Mm-hmm. It's not coming towards me. So it's not aggressive towards me. But it's not, you know, it's not coming to look for a fight. Uh, so it's not, and it's not running from me. So it's not, it's not a food item. Uh, herbivores just murder you. Just murder you. That's why hippos the most dangerous animal on the planet. Yeah, screw that. Would hate to run into a hippo, ever, in my life. Mm -hmm. Hippos are scary. It's not in the zoo. Big water murder pigs. Nick, would you rather fight a hippo or a grizzly? A grizzly bear might get bored. (laughs) That hippo just was mean. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so... Here's our first big question of the first podcast. And I'm... If you guys... At home, can't tell. I'm a talker. You think? Uh, Jay's kind of in the middle. And we've had people we met that have asked me if Nick talks. And that's more my fault than his. Because I just talk. And Nick just sits there and nods his head along. Me and Nick have been. We've been, all, we've been all over this side of the country together. Uh, we've kicked an alligator together. Uh, played Red Lake Greenlight with water moccasins. I uh, played tag with a rattlesnake in a thunderstorm. Yeah, all these stories are going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big question that we're going to tackle for this episode is: What do we believe Bigfoot is personally? And without getting too you know too in depth, that could be a, another three-hour conversation. Yeah. But you know, so well, Jay, why don't you go first? Um, I mean, I believe.
3: Bigfoot is somewhere between human and beast but I don't know where I fall on that line like somewhere a bi- biological ancestor yeah something like, like that. maybe an offshoot of yeah. what we are could be related to or mm-hmm. something like that could be a, or could you know I, I think it's somewhere I think it's more human than not human because it's so intelligent it's built like us it's just really big and strong do you think they're in the homo genus? Yeah I think yeah or maybe some other offshoot of that or something you know somewhere in between that we don't really know too much about mm-hmm. because if nowadays you know we only believe in we're the only human species that exists and
2: we don't really know too much about our own past either. Yeah I mean, just recent you know within 10-15 thousand years there was a lot of other human species. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go back even further even more so yeah so there's humans everywhere all kinds of humans there was uh, pygmy humans that, uh, not derogatory there was an actual group and I believe it was Vietnam the Hobbit people were found mm-hmm. that, their max size was four foot that's right. as big as they got and they weren't misproportioned. they looked just like people but they were just small
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, I think they uh, think they would extinct because of another another human species came into their area and wiped or took over. Yeah, just took over, you know. Bigger, better, stronger. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're four foot tall, you know, a five foot two guy is a very impressive individual. Um, But yeah, sorry. Oh, no, you're good.
3: Um, But I think... um, I I guess, like, I I believe that they may have, you know, some extrasensory powers or you know that's something that maybe we can't relate to like they might have a mental capacity that's just different than ours or more in tune with things that we aren't in tune with they can maybe do things that we can't do sense things we can't sense see things we can't see so there that's why I think it's a big mystery and it's a big uh, it's a confusing and hard thing to talk about because unless you have one you know, laid out in front of you and can actually study and examine it, you don't really going to know for sure.
2: There's no such thing as a Bigfoot expert until there's right. one on the slab somewhere. Right. And I don't know if I ever want that. It just... But, the, yeah, I... That's... All these people that talk about Bigfoot, like, they know the guy. Right, yeah. and, and it's like... You can say... Everybody... It's all theory. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen one, but I, I don't know. You know, I have my own thoughts, but nobody knows. right? Nobody, you know... Um, that's about it.
1: Alright, Nikki. (laughs) Um, I'm still on the fence a little bit, but if I were to guess, I would, I don't know if I'd think he's necessarily a biological creature that's physically here so much as an entity or something of that nature that maybe could come and go from one place to another and not necessarily stay I don't know, stationary. That's why we haven't been able to find bodies or anything like that or Really, any evidence because it's an entity and the fact that it can disappear and
2: morph and change into something else. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of weird with Bigfoot. And some other strange phenomena are associated with Bigfoot. Like we talk about spook lights.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's weird how often that gets associated with Bigfoot. People see spook lights and then have a Bigfoot encounter, or vice versa, you know. And to you know, if the, say they're interdimensional and they're hopping back and forth. Some people think that spook light is their leftover presence as them moving through, so they're walking through that other plane, but they can't fully leave one or the other. Yeah. So that's their little spot that's left. Or something. I, I'm not an astrophysicist. Uh, I was a fish guy.
3: <laughs> but um,
2: yeah, I I was in the camp of something more fully biological just because that's of what I've seen that's all I get. you know that's all I could tell you know just to me they're just low in numbers intelligent and know how to survive off the land uh the Americans have all kinds of stories about actual trade with them uh depending on what tribe tribes had war with them tribes had trade with them and then the expansion of the settlers They still see them all the time until a bunch of them got shot. There's all kinds of stories of them get shot. Smithsonian was offering like 10 bucks for a body, you know, which was not, you know, was not small money, but wasn't a ton of money. And they would put these Sasquatch carcasses on train cars to send back to Smithsonian. And then they'd chuck them out because it wasn't worth the money because they'd start reeking too bad because they didn't didn't have refrigeration. They had to get back on the other side of the country before this thing was rotten too far. Ugh. And so, I think enough of that happened to where they learned, okay, you know, people, we, you know, they're going to wipe us out. You know, they've seen us wipe out buffalo. They've seen us wipe out everything else. Mm-hmm. They just tear down the forest. And it just, it was, I'm sure it was terrifying. Uh, I'm a big proponent, a believer of infrasound in Sasquatch. Infrasound is just a certain frequency of sound uh, some large mammals and other animals can produce... Uh, Tigers produce it to cause fear responses in prey. Uh, So tigers will actually rumble in grass uh, to cause their their little prey animals to jump up and run. uh, Just to find them easier. Uh, Whales, elephants use it. In elephants, it actually causes depression in people and even suicidal thoughts. There's a whole... uh, The Suicide Coast in California produces infrasound And just random people would literally park and just jump off it. And we're still just starting to understand how infrasound affects the brain. Uh, I believe they kind of use that to kind of really freak us out, to keep us moving. You know, I don't really think they're out to harm us. I think they're low in numbers. I don't think they're... So, a couple of caloriticians have put together some figures. Anywhere from like 5,000 animals in North America, all the way up to like 55,000. I'm more, I'm kind of in the middle. I think we probably have a population of around, you know, 30,000 for the whole, you know, we're talking Florida to Alaska. Mm. So they're not common, but if you're highly migratory, it's not a bad number. Mm -mm. You know, it's definitely enough to keep genetic diversity in mammals. Most of the time you need a population of 5,000 animals uh, to be declared, you know, not not endangered or becoming extinct. Right, yeah. Uh, You get under that number if you're a mammal get into that number you really really run you know the problem of limited gene pools Mm -hmm. Uh, reptiles are a little different fish are even more different you know those animals that just are able to diversify a lot faster can bounce back from that kind of stuff but mammals I really think we're you know dealing with something around 30,000 number I think it was I don't think they're homo uh, the homo genus Uh, I think they are probably an offshoot before that uh, you know, close enough to still... I mean, obviously, they, they look enough like us, but they look enough not like us. We'd we look at Neanderthal and stuff like that. You wouldn't... ID a Neanderthal. Just right off the bat. You know, you could tell. They look people. Uh, and... A lot of Sasquatch look people But they also have a lot of aspects that don't like... Uh, males have conical heads. Uh, we assume that, you know. There's something about half, you know, half not not half a little less than half have that big sloping forehead that kind of comes to a cone talk about or they have the big they have large round heads and when you're that freaked out you know how much details right do you really get you know it, it's the same if you know if you're being chased by a mountain lion you look at it long enough to recognize that's not good and then you take off but that's where I kind of fall on the whole deal, you know. So it's just a very intelligent, you know, I don't know what level of intelligence. I've heard stories that half have fire, all that. Uh, I know, I think they recognize us as problems for their continued existence. Mm-hmm. Uh So they go completely out of their way to avoid us. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were ever in giant numbers. Uh, just because... If you look at apex species; they're not they're not ever big numbers. Mm. There's only like four thousand great white sharks on the planet, and really, yeah, um, the same shark you see off of New York can be off of, uh, oh, what's the horn? The horn of plenty in Africa, then Cape the Horn, Cape Horn, and then in India, that same shark. Uh, we didn't know that till uh, the last decade when we started tagging these animals mm-hmm. and realizing. Oh, one shark will go in every ocean in the next three years. Yeah, that's nuts. We didn't understand that. The same shark in the Atlantic will go to the Pacific eventually. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of great whites have like a four-year migration plan. They almost hit the same spots every four years. And when you're that big and you're eating that much, you have to do that kind of stuff. Because you can't wipe out your area and you're starve. Right, yeah. You know, I think they know, I think they really move with, like, berry, you know, berry plants and frog hat. You know, they, I think they are a lot more of a small eater than they are a big eater. I'm sure they eat deer. I'm sure they, you know, but why would you hunt a deer or kill an elk? I've heard some stories of them eating elk. Why would you do that when there's a raccoon that you can just grab and hit against a tree? Right. You know, that's a lot easier than rustling an elk down. I don't care how big you are an elk is not an easy animal to just grab and choke to death or snap it's neck it's not going to be a fun time Uh, a raccoon? me and you could go out and pick up a raccoon and slam it against a tree it'd probably not get bit a (laughs) possum? you could just pick up a possum they don't care they're all, ah, you know, they hiss at you and then that's it yeah, they're all show Mm -hmm. nobody hurt possums, they're good that's my too, But that's kind of what I think I went over. I'm bad. Uh, I talk a lot. That's all good. Uh, so our next one, we're going to... Our next expedition, we're going to shoot for sometime in December. Uh, we haven't got that together yet. That'll probably be in Salt Fork. Jay's footing the bill on the hotel and all of that. So, Shit. He, he's a big entrepreneur. Um... We're trying to get Nick up there. Nick's in college still, so just, you know, his schedule. And that he's going to be a dad. You know, it's just... Schedule's not as loose as ours. Mm-hmm. Why well, do I just do whatever I want? <laughs> I got a wife that makes all the money. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> um, The next podcast? We'll probably shoot for the... What is today? Uh... Sixth, the sixth, seventh of November. The seventh, we'll probably shoot for somewhere towards the end of November. We're gonna shoot for two of these a month. Uh, what Nick will always try, we'll always try to get Nick in these, but sometimes it just won't happen with just our schedules. But we're on try. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, I think there's a lot
3: of mysteries in the world that aren't talked about in the public. Today, amongst you know, that's like mainstream knowledge or mainstream talking points or thought, and I, those are the kind of things that I'm interested in, or those things that aren't really talked about, and I think this is definitely one of them, and um, it's, I think it's gonna be a fun little journey. Yeah.
2: Nikki. No final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Just say something, so I know you're still here. No, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Yeah, I'm excited. And it's not just Bigfoot, even though that's the focus, you know. Right. A big, another one in Ohio is like the alien black cats, which doesn't mean extraterrestrial. It means a foreign black cat species. Because um, mountain lions aren't black. It's just a, we've never had a Belenistic mountain lion. Uh, that kind of stuff, you know. I don't know if we'll get into like a Snallygaster. Because I don't know how real that is. but or the Ohio Frog Man. The Ohio Frog Man. I'm pretty sure that was an iguana. They uh they shot an iguana like a week later that didn't have a tail. Like huh. a big iguana. And I'm pretty sure that's what the frogman was. Interesting. It was a big a tail, it's iguana. I mean that keep in mind that was the fifties? Yeah, yeah. So, really yeah, so they didn't see iguanas right. very often, you know, it's not like the pet trade now. Right. You see a you know a four foot iguana without a tail, like, don't like that thing. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's it. Thank you, guys. Everybody in the listening, we'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, guys, it's Justin here again. I just wanted to say uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I promise we will get better at this, the whole thing. Uh, Finding stories, reports, going out and investigating, doing our research. Uh, and presenting it to you guys i 'll get better at editing we'll all get better together uh, we appreciate you guys getting on this journey with us and I hope you listen to us next time thank you guys
0: bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet MGM simply download the bet mGM app and sign up using code champion 150 then.